You are serving a customer, not a life sentence. Learn how to enjoy your work. Lori McIntosh. Hey, my name is Zach, and this is the Plaid Jacket Philosopher, the podcast for tradespeople and the blue-collar middle class. I'm open to punch a few holes in the stereotypes that surround blue-collar workers and hopefully share a lot of the stories behind how we got into our line of work and the honest joy you can get from working outside of the office space. The plan is to mix in interviews as well as some solo stories from job sites, fatherhood, and personal experiences that led me to where I am today. Some will be funny, some will be personal, but hopefully any and all content here can help broaden what your opinion is of the blue-collar middle class. Hey everybody, welcome back to another week. Uh, This week's episode is kind of brought up actually by an idea that one of the listeners, David, had brought to my attention, and that's kind of hearing some stories from service calls out in the field, and that's kind of mainly what my work is nowadays, so it's, yeah, (laughs) it's always at the forefront of my mind, and there's a lot of varying varying customers that you really you meet a lot of different types of people a lot of different mindsets attitudes mentalities I mean that's kind of accentuated now with COVID and with all of the craziness going on so there's definitely some some interesting interactions there and this week you know after after last week's episode and I've recorded a couple other interviews that are a little bit more heady so I just wanted to have kind of a fun interesting whatever episode this week something that I didn't have to put too much research into and it sounds like you guys want to hear about it so that'll be this week this is mostly my work in residential and commercial service calls and then as far as industrial underground mining oil and gas that kind of stuff I'll probably save for another episode some of those stories are a little bit crazier (laughs) but now nowadays I'm I'm working primarily on residential applications and just doing smaller service work that way so that's what we'll get into this week now just a heads up this week involves a little bit of uh fecal matter a bit of poop talk on you know be that animal or human uh there's some you see all kinds of crazy shit out there when you're doing house calls service calls i mean everybody's got stuff going on and you know some of these houses are in bad bad shape and sometimes all you can do is laugh i mean when I was writing up just different examples for this week and trying to rack my brain for different things that have happened over the years, one of the ones that stood out, I mean, it's funny, there's pretty common themes in a lot of these. Uh, It's just incredibly messy houses or, you know, animal droppings, piss, whatever. It's, It's nasty. Like you run into some gross stuff going into people's houses, especially if it's an emergency call. Because some people like to try to at least clean up, but if it's an emergency call, you kind of catch them at their worst, which can be, uh, well, my experience hasn't always been the greatest that way. Like one call that we had, and this this one was wild to me because it was scheduled. Like it wasn't actually a service call. It was something that we were doing an install for, and they were getting this jacuzzi tub installed. They needed an electrical run done there, and so we... It was just me. I go into the house. I say, ah, I've got to look at your electrical panel. That's where I'm going to be pulling the circuit from. And it was this old couple. And they kind of look at me like, "Um, you need to see the panel. I said, yeah, that's where I'm going to be pulling power from. So I need to go to the panel. And they both kind of gave each other this sideways glance. And I'm thinking like, okay, uh, what's going on here? And so sure enough, I go into the basement of this, their house. And it's completely unfinished, all open studs, open framing. And they had used this whole basement of their house as the litter box essentially for their dog so rather than taking their dog out there was just there was dog shit everywhere 
everywhere you see a step, I had to tiptoe around it in my boots, just trying not to slip and slide on this concrete floor that was just covered in dog shit everywhere. It stunk. It was brutal. And they kind of looked at me like, oh, sorry. We, and they even said, they're like, well, we would have cleaned up if we knew that you had to get to the panel. And I was just thinking like, what are you even thinking? I'm an electrician. Where do you think I'm going to take the power from? But anyway, that that job was disgusting. And it's funny because the jacuzzi tub installers came too. And they came down to hit the water shutoffs. And they had never seen anything like that in their life. Like all of us were... We were contemplating just walking off this job until they cleaned it, got a hazmat team in there, something. Like, it, it was disgusting. It was probably 800 square feet just littered with dog shit, and it was it was nasty. I ended up just grabbing, like, a snow shovel from the garage and literally clearing myself a couple of walking paths in there. It was, oh, it was disgusting. But anyway, at, they left shortly after. Like, I'm pretty sure they were pretty embarrassed to see that you know we had seen the state of their house and uh yeah i didn't feel bad at that stage because i mean come on and another one of the nasty stories i kind of tried to pick from a wide ranging variety like some jobs are awesome some customers are amazing um and i'll get into a few of those stories later but i wanted to get the disgusting ones out of the way first uh the other one that really came to mind this was probably three or four years ago now i was running a hot tub feeder underneath an old barn it, it this big wide open property it was coming from basically the the barn electrical service running underneath the barn and then out to a this new kind of hot tub deck that they were building with a little pool house so anyway running this big tech cable underneath and i'm terrified of spiders like i have i'm getting over it but yeah i know an electrician crawling through attics and crawl spaces who's afraid of spiders it doesn't make much sense and maybe i'm in the wrong field that's why i hope this podcast takes off but so anyway, I'm crawling underneath this this crawl space and it's covered in cobwebs, all these big nasty ass spiders. They're all over, just over top of me underneath these rafters. And so I'm working by a headlamp, kind of doing a commando crawl and not looking up just out of sheer terror and panic. I just have my head down, have my hood over my head, trying to just commando crawl this as fast as I can. Anyway, I'm getting underneath this thing and I'm crawling, crawling, crawling all of a sudden kind of bring my knee up beside my chest, my right knee, and just go to push down, put all my weight down on that knee to drive forward again. And I just hear this crunch and splat, like this wet crunching sound. It was the most disgusting sound ever. And then this smell just hits my nostrils. That's It's unexplainable. I don't know how to explain it. But anyway, <laughs> so I aim my headlamp down at my knee. Luckily, I'm wearing my Carhartts, my, my big pants. I, I look down at my knee and I've got a chunk of tail stuck on it. I've got a bit of a carcass from this rat. And then I look down at the, the ground that I just crawled on. And sure enough, this bloated dead rat was sitting there. I don't know how many days it had been dead for. My guess is somewhere up to a week. It hadn't really started to dry out or anything. So this rat just, it exploded all over my pants. And this was probably 11 o'clock in the morning before lunch and I had sized it up, grabbed the material, started to run this thing. And I got out of that crawl space as fast as I could, uh, took my pants off in the middle of this field, chucked them in the back of my truck and drove home. That was it for me for the day. Those pants ended up in a garbage bin out behind some 7-Eleven. I wasn't driving those things home to, to, to my house. I wasn't gonna bother washing them. So I was driving around in boxers and work boots. 
That was probably the worst smell, something that I'll never forget. And just one of those experiences, I ended up calling up my boss and explaining, like, I'm going home. And he's, what happened? Said, I, I, I sent him a picture just of my pants with, <laughs> again, like, this fur stuck to it, blood, guts, whatever. And it's just dripping down my leg, right? From my knee down to kind of halfway down my shin. And it's just covered in shit. It was disgusting. But anyway, that's one that still, it still gets brought up to this day by some of my old coworkers and my boss. And whatever. It's one of those memories that you uh, you really start to appreciate the good days. And it's something that brought me back to working in a butcher shop at the beginning of my working career life, I guess, when I was 14. And it really uh, kind of set my perspective for what is dirty work. When I was coming home from the butcher shop every day, covered in blood and bleach, and all I was doing was, you know, hacking up meat and uh, fish and cleaning bandsaws that was used to cut it. So all it is is you're picking bone and flesh out of everything. I got pretty used to it at a young age, so it really kind of set the tone for my trade career. I mean, nothing, no amount of sawdust or dirt or grime or whatever you want to call it, soot, none of that's going to really bother me after dealing with body parts and pushing around full pigs and all this stuff. It's, you know, it's a walk in the park nowadays, but that that day with the uh, exploding rat on my knee, that one still sticks out to this day, and that was, yeah, yeah, that, that story still gets brought up. Now, I have one more disgusting story that was completely self-inflicted. I'm really, I'm trying to decide whether or not I share this here because I know that, I know that my mom listens to this. So, uh, whatever, here we go. So, I remember one day, uh, you know, when you're running the road and you're constantly going between service calls, you know, some days it's, you can get four to five service calls in one day. If they're short, you, you bang them out charge the minimum call-out fee, and then you're off to the next one. Well, anyway, it doesn't really allow for much in the way of road stops, pit stops, whatever. Like, <laughs> So I get to this customer's house, and I'm, you know, it's, I don't know, 1 o'clock in the afternoon. I've been driving around all day. This is my fourth stop of the day, and I've got to use the washroom. Now, luckily, the circuit that I'm working on is in that bathroom, so I know that I've got that to myself. I... uh I drop uh, number two in the the toilet and (laughs) it's the biggest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. I don't know how it fit out of me. I don't know. I don't know what I ate. I don't understand what happened. It's a record breaker. If only I had taken a picture of it, but I was too alarmed because I went to hit the flush and uh, it wouldn't go down. Wouldn't break. It was about, uh, I don't know, probably the thickness of a two by four and just about as long. So it wasn't going anywhere. I had to sacrifice my drywall saw. Um, <laughs> uh, cut it in half. I uh, got it fired down the plumbing there. Got it Got it cleared out of the chute. And uh, went on with my day with a shit-covered hack saw. Luckily, I didn't have to cut any drywall that day because I would have been, well, SOL. Um, made sure to replace that the next day. But that's one that I'll never forget. And I've never been so happy to have... Uh, an oversized jab saw before in my life so I didn't have to get my hand in there but you know it's uh it's the way of the road bubs it's it's just uh it's what happens it's part of the tricks of the trade and why I've got so many tools and you know (laughs) that's why they make replacements all right and now to the three of you who made it through my shit story uh now we're moving on to the next topic we'll talk about uh you know I've had a couple of really high-end customers that 
were just incredible to work for. Uh, we had, we used to do a lot of really high-end custom homes, kind of one-offs. They weren't your cookie cutter, big developments. It was just one massive mansion. We did a number of them in West Vancouver, which is an incredibly wealthy area of the lower mainland of the world. It doesn't even need to be localized to here, but we were doing one house. It was about a 18,000 square foot mansion, had a kind of half in, half outdoor pool. It had, well, to any of you guys in the electrical trade, it had a 200 amp service going to the house and then a 200 amp service just for driveway heat for the two days that it actually snows in Vancouver year round, but so that they would never have to shovel their driveway. It all had driveway under under the brick heat, so the snow would melt off for, again, those two days that it actually does snow here. So anyway, but this this house, and we've done tons of work on it over the years. They're, they're always adding stuff. Most recently, I was there last year to add a, add a car lift so that he could drive his 1967 Eleanor GT500 Mustang in and park it over top of his I can't even remember what it is. I think it was a Tesla Roadster S, the P90D, whatever. They're really, they're really high-end Tesla model. And so anyway, we, we still do the work on this house all the time, despite the fact that the, the travel costs to get out there are expensive. He just likes us. He continues to use us, and so that's great. But I remember on the construction of this house, and again, it's massive. So everything is, the scale is just crazy in here. But we were working, doing the finishing work, installing light fixtures and everything. Just to give you an idea, this house had, I believe the final tally was 412 pot lights throughout the house. It's crazy. Like um, an in-house theater, in-house gym, sauna, again, hot tub, pool, everything. Like this this house was incredible. It's the biggest, it's the nicest house I've ever worked on. But when we were doing the finishing work, we were installing the entryway light fixture and so it was me and my journeyman headed there for the day. I think I was a second year apprentice at the time. We get there and this huge crate is sitting in the middle of the foyer. And me and my journeyman look at each other like, okay, we take the paperwork out. We've got, there's a lift there as well as a bunch of scaffolding. So whatever we wanted to use to, to put this thing up. We take the paperwork out. This thing is shipped over from Germany and it has a price tag of $480,000. That's before shipping. I don't know what the shipping would have cost, but that's the that was the cost of this light fixture. And so it took me and my journeyman uh, 12 hours, both of us up on this lift, between the lift and the scaffolding, both of us 12 hours to install this light fixture as well as hang all the little crystals by hand. There were hundreds of crystals, possibly thousands. Like this fixture, just to give you an idea of how big it was, it was kind of rectangular in shape. It was about six feet long by about two feet wide. And the height, the depth on it was probably about three feet. So it's three feet deep. Again, yeah, it, it was massive and crystals everywhere. You had to have those stupid dinky little white gloves so you didn't smudge anything. I mean, heaven forbid, I have no idea how they ever would have cleaned this thing. And this is before LED light bulbs were a thing or LED lighting. So they're going to have bulbs going out all the time. And again, it's not something I ask about when I <laughs> go over there when we do do little additions, because quite frankly, I don't want to know and I don't want to get roped into changing those light bulbs. Uh, I imagine they've probably had somebody in there to switch them to LED. But before LED, man, like those lights, you're going to be burning probably three to four out of I think it was 24 light bulbs on that thing. You're probably going to be burning out a few of them at least per year. 
and changing those is again it's a nightmare just to get up there the the ceiling in the entryway was uh, roughly 36 feet high so good luck you're gonna have to hire somebody out just to come and change them every time but that was a really cool one but anyway all of this is a really long way of saying that this customer is amazing like this guy is multi-millionaire like loaded but super down to earth and I remember when I was working there originally I believe it was my 16th birth no it was my graduation coming up and my dad wanted to do something cool and so this guy he one of the businesses that he owns is a chain of hotels and so he said hey like we've got hotels all the way up and down the California coast so why don't you guys go down to California and I'll cover your your stay there the whole time like I'll put you up in the hotels all the way down and so obviously we jumped on that right this is while we were building his house and we were the electrical contractors there and man like you run into some of these people that are just so amazing and so we got to follow well we kind of planned it when the Canucks were doing a road trip down they were playing uh the Kings the Ducks and who else were they playing there the Sharks and so we just went up and down the California coast following the Canucks watching these these road games being some of the crazy Canuck fans in the in the buildings the the away buildings and it was uh it was amazing it was one of the best trips of my life and it was you know in part facilitated by an amazing customer so sometimes you run into the coolest people out there I mean another one I'll just roll right into this story this was kind of my two two examples of just just amazing customers right so we had Another one, this was probably two years ago, and it was right around Christmas time, and it was this guy who's a prominent musician. He was living in, again, West Vancouver, so pretty well off. Uh, he's, a, again, a well-known musician from the 80s, a Canadian musician, and he, uh, he had us in. He had gotten this funky-ass light fixture shipped in from Sweden or something, and it, to be honest, it was nothing fancy. Like, you could find something that looked very similar from... I don't know, Ikea or some shit, something cheap. But but the fact that this was, I don't know, I guess vintage or cool or whatever, he got it shipped over from Sweden. It was probably a couple thousand dollars more than it would be here. You could probably pick up an identical fixture for 87 bucks here, but I think he paid, I don't know, around two grand for this thing. So anyway, fixture comes over, but it has no lighting canopy. So that's where the actual light fixture connects to the ceiling into our electrical boxes. So there is no canopy for it. And he looks, I get it there. I look at it. I say, man, like, you know, over the phone, it sounded like this was going to be a real easy uh, remove and replace. So we call it a re and re of a light fixture. Uh, it turns out this isn't. There is no mounting canopy. There is no wiring harness. There's nothing for me to actually mount it to your ceiling with. And so I kind of give him a couple options. I said, I can try to build something for you. I, I'll fabricate in the truck. I'll, I have to go grab some parts. Uh, I'll try to put something together that'll make this work. And so he said, go ahead with it. Now, this is obviously a way more expensive way to go because I did give him the other option of, well, you can pick up a fixture that you like locally. We can come back and install that or I can go pick it up for you. I'll have it installed and that's probably going to be a cheaper way. But he was insistent on this light fixture. So anyway... I build this canopy for him. The job in total, I mean, what normally would be a 20-minute job of removing and replacing a fixture was a, a four-and-a-half-hour job. And so I'm all done. Take him in the bill. And I'm honestly, I feel kind of shitty about it, right? You hate, you hate charging customers when you know that there's a different way that they could have done it that would have saved them a lot of money. At least I do. I, I just hate that feeling. I hate billing, period. It's the worst part of the job. So anyway, I go in 
hand him this bill. It's, in my opinion, extremely expensive, considering what I've done, putting up one light fixture. And he says, oh, that's awesome. Like, thank you so much. And again, this is right around Christmas. The bill comes to, I don't know, it's probably around 500 bucks, something in that in that range. And he goes, that's that's amazing. Like, thank you for spending the time on it, yada, yada, yada. And, you know, it's cool. And then he hands me a $200 tip. And again, this is right before Christmas. I've got kids like this is this is huge. This is a massive this is a massive gift to me. Like I it was incredible. And I I couldn't express like how thankful I was. I said, you know, thanks, man. Like you have no idea. Like this is this is great. This is totally unexpected. Like you didn't have to do this type thing. And he was just genuinely grateful. And I mean, it. you know, a lot of the time you just see the way everything is nowadays. And these are two examples that I just I think of quite frequently when everybody Whenever you hear the term, you know, eat the rich or, you know, whatever the, what was the, what was one quote that I read the other day that just fucking pissed me off? It was the higher the salary, the higher the guillotine. And that is just, it's the craziest thing in the world. I mean, you can't judge people based on their, their financial accomplishments, how that, how that makes them morally. You know what I mean? I fumble fuck that, but you can't judge people based on that and just how much money they make. I mean, these two people were incredibly giving. They were just, they're amazing people. And yeah, they made a lot of money. They were successful in life, but they also treat people well. So keep that in mind moving forward. And those two, those two people really remind me of that whenever I think that, you know, some rich guy I see on the TV is probably just some prick, but you never know. And now we'll get into the downright shady because holy shit, do you run into this in service calls? Again, like, it's a wide range of people. You know, you experience <laughs> every single different shade on the spectrum of humanity when you're doing service calls. You'll, and again, you can experience this all in one day. You'll have some amazing customer at the beginning of the day and then some cantankerous old trash bag at the end of the day. And, you know, you just kind of got to grit your teeth, smile, get through the day. Again, like that opening quote is, you know, you got to find happiness in whatever you're doing with the service work. So that's what I try to do. Again, a lot of these stories I just kind of tell to coworkers and we laugh about them later. Like we've got, there, there's crazy stories. So anyway, one of these is actually from one of my coworkers, but <laughs> I, I'm going to share it here anyway. I'm not giving any names, but they were doing this service call. I, I forget exactly what it was. I think it was changing out light fixtures again. So they're there and the wife is kind of all over him a little bit the whole time while he's there. Husband's away at work. And, you know, they're a pretty prominent developer in the area. So I, you know, they're they're pretty well off. So anyway, this, this nice house and <laughs> she, he was working. I kind of had his his head in something. He wasn't looking at her, but he was kind of talking over his shoulder. And she just goes, "Oh, do you like these?" And he's like, "What?" But again, not looking. Well, do you like these? And he kind of spins around, and she's got her shirt down um, and showing off. I guess you know her most recent trip to the plastic surgeon. And then she says, "Oh, my husband doesn't even notice these anymore." Like. You know, do you think you could take a closer look? And he's, you know, <laughs> he's married. Like, it's like, oh, my God. And, uh, you know, maybe that played a factor in trying to get him too. I mean, there's all kind of crazies out there, whatever floats your boat. But, yeah, like, so that that has definitely come up in work. Like, 
you know, you do get the innuendo, the hints like, hey, can I pay for this another way? I mean, you know, I, I imagine that all those different uh, porn storylines are rooted somewhat in reality. And I can tell you that that one is rooted in reality. I haven't had it in a long time. I'm pretty, like, I'm not a very, like, open, talkative, friendly person when I'm at work. Like, I like to focus on my work. That's what I'm, I'm there to do a job and then I want to get home. So I, uh, I, I don't think I open myself up to too many of these interactions. That's why I had to dig into my coworkers' stories to for something like this. But rest assured, this happens, and it's, uh, it, it's not as rare as you may think. Um, it's, uh, it, it makes for some awkward conversations. I mean, again, like I've experienced the innuendo, never explicitly offered like that, but. You know, you you get uh, you pick up on some vibes, and you just try to. For me personally, I just ignore them. Kind of. That's usually when I'll throw in my headphones and then throw on a a podcast or a an audio book or something. Like really give them the hint. Sorry, I'm uh, I'm here to do a job. That's about it. Uh, but yeah, it it definitely happens, and it is. It's awkward. And now my second part of the shady end of service calls. This one actually isn't specifically service this is actually construction and renovation projects but you know you get some you get some sketchy contractors out there we had one who we don't work with anymore it kind of had a pretty ugly falling out but we we worked for this one contractor and you know it was so obvious too because he would he would build in all of his own product orders for his own renovations on his house and his additions he would order them with his clients stuff so you would and you would like you would see it on site there would be a delivery of stuff to this client's house a delivery of material whatever it was and he would pack a bit of it into his truck that he had allotted for his own house and i mean us as the electricians like we were doing the work on this this client's house we were also doing the electrical work on his house we were wiring in the additions and you would see all this stuff like even stuff like windows doors that he would get shipped to the client's house and you know it's all getting charged to the client i mean i think some people just don't pay close enough attention to what they're getting billed for or you know maybe they don't get enough quotes and this one didn't seem unreasonably high but it has to be considering all the material that is then going into his own house but it's just, it's crazy. Like, you see some sketchy stuff like this. You, I mean, we we still see it. Like, there are definitely sketchy contractors out there. That's why it's so important to do your research if you're a customer, uh, especially word of mouth. I mean, a lot of the time you'll get recommendations. That's where a lot of our work comes from now, especially on the service end, just because we've kind of built up a reputation. I mean, the, the company that I work for now, it's my my dad's company, but we're working in transitioning he's he's looking to retire and i'm looking to purchase the company so anyway that's coming up in the next year 18 months but not something i'm looking forward to because it's going to be a lot more work <laughs> but, but i i know that so anyway i think it'll be all right heading into it but um yeah we've just built up a better reputation by word of mouth you you do a good job and it really gets appreciated i mean it's amazing how much of that legwork that advertising that customers will do if you go the extra mile on a job that customer will remember it and they will implore their friends to use you. They'll implore their whatever, their acquaintances, their family, whoever. They'll tell them that they have to use you as an electrician. And we get so many calls now that way. 
you know, be it for small jobs. Again, it's it's the service industry is what I'm doing for the most part now. It's a lot of smaller calls as opposed to big construction projects or, you know, the underground mining or the oil and gas. Now I'm I'm into the small stuff, which, you know, it's it can be mind numbing. It can be pretty monotonous, but it's really helped me with my audiobook listening and uh, catching up on podcasts. So I also wanted to take some time out of this episode. This is a, a good little segue, but to mention a few of the podcasts that I listen to quite frequently and that I would highly recommend you guys listening to. Uh, one of them is, you know, we had a crossover episode here recently with, that was canceled for maintenance. They're a great podcast centered around aircraft mechanics and just, but really if you're into trades and construction, you're going to pick up on the vibe that they're throwing down all the time. You know, they're, they work in the military, ex-military, but they're, it's an incredible podcast. They're great guys. We're, we're looking at doing something again in the future. It just We bounced off each other really well. So that's one of them. Another one, I've mentioned it many times, but he is hilarious. It's probably the funniest podcast that I listen to, quite frankly, is the Fumbled Penis Podcast with Matt. And Matt is, yeah, it's, it's an incredible podcast. He's also been an invaluable tool for bouncing different ideas for my podcast off of. So if you guys do want to listen to something that's hilarious, completely crude. So again, uh, if you're easily offended, don't listen. It doesn't need that kind of flack or more of that kind of flack, but it's hilarious if you like a little bit more off the wall, off the cuff stuff. So that's a great one. Uh, another one is Crap Flicks and Chill. If you like movies and comedy, it's two British guys who watch what is generally perceived as a not so great movie, you know, maybe a C or a D level movie. My personal favorite episode, if you're going to start on one, is the Final Destination 3 one. It had me cracking up just because I also loved that movie, but they're hilarious. And you actually learn a lot of tidbits about filmmaking and stuff that you never would have thought possible. So again, give those guys a listen, Crap Flicks and Chill. Uh, another one that I'll, I'll have to recommend is Next on Stage 1. So that one is you know, two ex-strippers, a guy and a girl who are talking about just the ins and outs of that industry. It's amazing some of the personal relationships that they build. I mean, as you can imagine, you kind of get to know a a certain (laughs) side and a certain type of person. But you know, a lot of the stuff would would surprise you, the stories that they have. So that's a great one. Uh, Another one is Independent Thought. And this podcast is it's all about politics. So I mean, if if politics aren't exactly your lane, I don't blame you, especially nowadays, but he does have a lot of really good thoughts. The What is the host's name again? Desmond Price. And he's awesome. You know, it, these are all smaller independent podcasts. So any kind of traffic you can give them, like they notice it, you know, it, it makes a big difference to them just moving forward with their show, maybe trying to monetize, get a few advertisers, whatever it is, every listen helps. So if you do, if any of those kind of sound interesting to you, I, I'd urge you to try them out. They're they're all great podcasts. They're ones that I listen to. And again, just trying to spread the love a little bit and recommend some other listening for you guys because it's it's kind of cool with the podcasting community. I mean, there's so many of them out there, but you know, when you start to hear a few good ones that are rising up out of, again, just everyday people, it's, it's kind of cool to hear. It's a lot better than the really big, finely finished podcasts. To me anyway, I just find it more interesting. But There's a few podcast recommendations for you guys. If you do listen to them and you like them, reach out, mention that you heard them on the Plaid Jacket Philosopher. Uh, It just gains me a couple of brownie points and maybe they'll advertise my show. So anyway, thanks a lot, guys. That's it for this week. Have a great day. 
Alright everyone, that's it for today. I hope you found some value in this week's episode. If you did and are interested in more content like this, please rate, review, subscribe, and recommend the podcast to a friend. I really appreciate all the feedback you have given me to this point and look forward to hearing from you again. As always, the podcast page is The Plaid Jacket Philosopher on Facebook, at Jacket Plaid on Twitter, and at Plaid Jacket Philosopher on Instagram. That concludes this week's episode. Thank you so much for the continued support, and especially to those of you who reach out weekly with comments on each episode. Have a great week, and I'll talk to you all again soon.